live from the Parent Nation studios, it's Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents, shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. Yeah, well, I got a news flash for you, folks. The problem with kids is parents. Excuse me, Cheryl Sandberg, but I'm not leaning in anymore. I'm sick of spilling my martini. (laughs) I'm serious. It's time to put the F word back in parenting. Fun parenting. Oh my gosh, why can't we do this? Why can't we have dance parties in our kitchens? I don't understand. And now, here's your host, Tara Kennedy Clive. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kelly. Hi, hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. If I, if I sound like I still have my sexy, sleepy voice, that's because of the old, you know, spring back, forward, fall on your face thing going on because, you know, we don't do that. So I, I, I get all confused. Oh, no. So what so time is it for you, Kelly? It's eight o'clock now. Now I'm on Pacific time. Uh... So it's an hour earlier. It's an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so how- we do we do spring ahead. So for me, um, it's it's well, it's eleven o'clock, obviously, but right. it feels like it's ten o'clock. Ah, okay. So yeah, yeah. So you still so, get the feeling, but officially. Well, it's kind of cool though because our lights are on late. Or the, the the lights. This by the lights being on, I mean the sun. Yeah, that big light in the sky. <laughs> that big light in the sky <laughs> that makes things warm and live. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's up later. So right. like it's light until like seven ish now, right. which is but- awesome because that's so depressing, you know, in the winter. Like, as if it's not bad enough because it's cold and gray and blah. But then it gets dark at 5 o'clock or earlier. Four thirty, five o'clock. Nah, sucky. But can, so, you ima- can you imagine in Arizona in the summer when it's 110 and it's 8.30, 9 o'clock and the sun's still out? I'm not seeing the downside, Kelly. That's, well, if you... <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm a Leo. I'm I'm a sun sign. I'm a fire person. I like heat. You know, I go to Disney in July and I'm like, I don't see I don't see what you people are crying about. Mm. Well, you, you should know? probably move here because it's going to be 86 today. 86 yeah. degrees. <laughs> wow. It's 55 right now. So. Wow, that's so cool. Awesome. When I say cool, I mean awesome. <laughs> Because it's the opposite of cool. Because it's the opposite. I was watching a really old show on TV the other day with my kids. And the one girl said, oh, that's so groovy. And Mm -hmm. my kid just looked at me and he was like, no way. They seriously for real use that term. (laughs) I was like, yeah, it was groovy. Were you watching the Brady Bunch? I don't remember. Because that's a great show. It is a great show. (laughs) I love those old shows. Marsha, so Marsha, 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 Marsha. Yeah, Jan, Jan always got the the raw end of the stick. You know what though? Jan was a bitch. <laughs> she was. I mean, she was so. Well, I don't know. That's because she had to compete with Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. I don't think Marsha really cared. I think Marsha was like, Jan, do whatever you want. I don't really care. And, but Jan <laughs> was like, Oh my god, she's yeah. such a big sister. Oh. <laughs> 
you know? So true. And then there's, like, dopey little Cindy, who mm-hmm. turned out to be a porn star. Didn't she turn out to be a porn star? I think so. I think so. Yeah, you oh. know why. Why? Because all that stuff that was going on with Greg and Mrs. Brady. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she saw all that. <laughs> mm. Not good. Not good. See, even back then, those pure, innocent little childhood actors and actresses were still dirty, dirty, dirty kids. Mm. It's awesome. They were doing bad stuff. Oh, (laughs) you know how much I love memes and then I hate them at the same time. Right. So the one that's going around now is um, Foghorn Leghorn. And it's like, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't get my Xbox and my iPad taken away. I got a ass whooping. Mm. That bothers me so much. Yeah. Did I ever... I'm sure that your parents would be thrilled to know that that's the only thing you took away from their parenting. (laughs) (laughs) It's so silly. I'm like, you know what? I got grounded from the TV and I got grounded from my phone on a regular basis. How is that different than taking away your kid's phone or taking away their video game? Right. Didn't you get grounded like that? Oh, yeah. See, it wasn't just me. Yeah, you didn't get beat. You got your privileges taken away. Sure. And some kids did get get beat, but right. uh, but you know what? Here's the thing. This is this is like my big thing. 89% of parents say they still spank their kids. If it worked, then 89% of kids would be perfect. Mm. It you, don't you're, work. You're a pretty fart smeller. I, I mean, smart feller sometimes. I try, Kelly. Yeah. I try. I try. I can't, I can't beat my kids cause they're bigger than me. <laughs> and I think that's why I didn't even get started. Cause I knew that it just wouldn't work out for me. <laughs> Eventually they would be bigger than you. <laughs> and you know, with boys. Yes. That's all I, you know what? I'm so excited about. We have Janet Allison is going to be on the show today. Yeah. And we're going to talk about all She's things boys. All about the boys, about the all boys, about the boys. I like it. You know why I like it? Because everywhere you go, it's all about the girls. And That's true. You know, being a girl, I, you know, I see it. I get it. But I don't get it. <laughs> you just said you get it. I just say I get it because I'm a girl and I have to say that I get it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really get it. I mean, we don't celebrate stuff about boys enough. We really right. don't. We don't talk about boys enough. And it's, it just, it bugs me. And, oh, and we also, I'm, I'm super duper excited because we have Jean Vreeland on. Yay! Because she was sick last time. Mm. And so we have Jean on and she's going to show us how to do a five-minute workout in our pajamas. Yeah. I left my pajamas on just for her. <laughs> me too. Yeah, because is- you know I don't I don't leave my pajamas on all day long. No, 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 no. You get all dressed up, makeup, hair, everything. Everything just be on my radio show. Right. Exactly, because I want to make it happen. I want to make it. I want to make it look like I um, am on a TV show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> make the lighting right. That's that's it, you guys. If you're listening, that's such crap. <laughs> I, I I put on workout clothes just so that when my family comes home, they think I worked out. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Did you hear about the, um, oh my gosh, I don't know what level of office she is, but she wanted to make yoga pants illegal in, in school. Oh, no. In her, in her town, in her city. And uh, the parents are like, I don't understand why people are so against yoga pants. Because they're yoga pants. They're not school pants. 
They're not math class pants, they're yoga pants. Typically you don't wear underwear underneath them and people don't want to see your coochie through your pants, young ladies. <laughs> true story, right? Yeah, sure. It's true. And here's the other thing. You wouldn't wear slippers to a job interview. No. Why are you wearing yoga pants to school? People need to start holding their kids more accountable. They're like, I don't understand what's happening to these kids today. Um, you're not holding them accountable. You're making excuses for all of the stupid choices that they make. It's ridiculous. And then when they do something that's actually kid-like, then you want to flip shit and, and treat them like little adults. So did you see about the first grader who got suspended for pointing his finger at a classmate and saying, bang your dad? Yes. Seriously. And then there were people, my husband was one of them, who came on to Facebook and said, well, the kid sounded like he was a little hellraiser to begin with. You know what? Here's the thing. You don't discipline a child based on the cumulative discipline problems that you've had with him. You discipline the child for what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. You're confusing. You're confusing the, the whole, what the kid doesn't even understand now. He's like, okay, so did I get suspended because I'm an overall bad child? Or did I get suspended because I pointed my finger and said, bang, you're dead? Like, do you understand what I'm saying, Kelly? I do, I do. So you can't do stuff like that with kids. It's got to be straight down the mark. If, you're, if you have discipline in place for certain um, violations of your dress code, of your behavioral code, of whatever then implement that discipline the way it's supposed to be implemented for the the infraction itself, not because this kid is a scapegoat and you don't like him. Right. So now every little thing he does is another little hash mark on his behavioral chart, and one day you're in a bad mood, and now you decide to suspend him for pointing his finger at a kid and going, bang, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Really? We're supposed to be the grown-ups here, people. So although I understand the point of view of the people who were on the Facebook page and said, well, maybe the kid's a little hellion and he deserved to be suspended, then that should be why he was suspended. Then you should go to his parents and say, you know what, we're tired of your kid. We're tired of your kid constantly acting up, so now we're suspending him. So tell him that. But don't say that one action is what got you suspended because it isn't. It's because you're sick of him. So just be honest, for Pete's sake. <laughs> I, I hear you, sister. I used to work in this in the school system, and it's there is a lot of bias, and there is, um, you know, all these rules, and and we have to. There's no tolerance. Anything about a gun, you've got to suspend them because they could bring a real one someday, and people just get so worked up about this you know what that's about as stupid as people getting worked up over those beer bottles for babies (laughs) (laughs) seriously it's like oh you can't give your baby a bottle that's in the shape of a beer bottle or has a logo on it that somewhat resembles a beer bottle because then your baby's going to become a raging alcoholic Mm -hmm. no they're not and if your kid chooses pop tart in the shape of a pistol that doesn't mean he's going to become a serial killer (laughs) it's it's you know what i mean it's it's play the kid was playing so maybe because we don't let kids play anymore and we don't let them use their imaginations unless they're within the strict guidelines of what we believe imaginary play should look like for a child that's healthy and correct 
because we don't allow them any free play, they don't know what's good play and bad play. No. There is no such thing as bad play. Well, I, I can't say that. If you're pummeling your friend in the mouth and saying that you're a WWE wrestler, then that's bad play. But you can't... We can't make these, these rigid guidelines of how children are allowed to use their imaginations. We can't do that. You know what I think part of it is, is that as adults, we've lost the use of our imagination. So we think everyone should not have an imagination anymore. It's true. We can't even let kids free play with Legos anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's the funny mind screw of the Lego movie. If you've watched the Lego movie with your kids and you're like, oh, that's so cute. Look at the little Lego characters. And oh my gosh, how funny is that? That the little, you know, Tamagotchi characters are playing with it. Yeah, it's cute. It's adorable. And, you know, everything is awesome when you're part of a team and all that. That's all cute and everything. But the one adult piece of that movie is the fact that the dad won't let anybody do anything outside of what is supposed to be done with those Legos. So if it's supposed to be the Death Star, you can only use those Lego pieces to create that Death Star. And then you glue that thing together and it never comes apart because it's a model. Mm. No, it's not. They're Legos. <laughs> They're <laughs> They're meant to be taken apart. They're meant to torture parents in the middle of the night when you step on them. Mm -hmm. And they're meant to be creative, imaginative play tools. You know, I'm still bugged that they have pink and purple ones for girls. Why can't girls just play with regular colored Legos? Or just add pink and purple to the mix. My boys love pink and purple. Yeah. I have a 220-pound wrestler who wears pink on a regular basis. Oh, that's cool. It is cool. He's a cool kid, mm -hmm. you know? And it's, yeah, he wears it with his football uniform during breast cancer awareness. Mm -hmm. he, he wears pink. He wraps pink wrap, you know? My 14-year-old my son's favorite color is purple. Always has been. Purple. <laughs> That's cool. And somebody said to him, That's a girl color. And he said, No, it's not. It's a royal color. <laughs> <laughs> the king wears it. That's right. Tell the king that purple is a girly color. He'll cut off your head. <laughs> Off with your head. Off with your head, peasant. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about no mo homework? Um, I like no mo homework. Me too. I, I can't stand homework. I can't either. And my kids like it even less. Mm-hmm. I don't like the fighting. I don't think that it's productive. I don't think that it teaches them anything. It makes them hate the process of learning. Right. It really does. I don't understand it. And people are like, well, they need to prove that they understand what they've learned. When your kid is bringing home 100 math facts that have to be done in under a minute for the fifth day in a row, that's not showing you what new thing they've learned. Right. That's creating rote ability to take a test mm -hmm. and do mm -hmm. well on it. That's all you're doing. Right. And using your memory to memorize. Yep. Exactly. So yeah. I don't know. I feel that if they get an assignment in class, they should have plenty of time to do it. And if they don't finish it, they have to take it home for homework. I like that's, that. We've that's done what that. I feel. We've done that with Alex in his IEP meetings because mm -hmm. he got into this thing where he would refuse to do work in school and then he would complain. And we were like, 
he, he was falling behind. Now, this is a kid with, you know, 145 IQ. Okay. And, and he was refusing to do the work, so he was failing. And when I say failing, I mean, like, he was getting 30s and 20s, which I didn't Ooh. even know you could get in school. Wow. And, um, yeah, he was doing really bad. So we said, fine, if you don't do the work in class, you will bring it home for homework. We will be in touch with all of your teachers. So they will send us emails or they will call us. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. All the work is online. And uh, so now he does his work in class because he got sick of doing five and six hours worth of homework at night. Sure. You know, and was that an inconvenience for me as a parent? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But only for a short period of time. Only for a short period of time because he learned and I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't stand over him like a drill sergeant. I said, you knew the rules. This was the agreement. You sat in on making the agreement. If you don't do it in class, you do it at home, period. End of story. Get it done. And then that was the end of it. And so now he does the work in class. And the thing that's really funny is now when he comes home and the teachers say, well, he didn't do this in class, we'll be like, he'll look at us and go, oh, yes, I did. And we totally believe him because we know (laughs) we know that he probably misplaced it or he did it on his laptop and they thought that he wasn't doing it. But, mm. you know, we've created he's created such a habit of making sure the work gets done because he doesn't want to bring it home because he wants that time on the computer and he wants that, you know, time outside. And so, sure. yeah, I think, I think I agree with you. I think homework is um, I think homework is a big waste of family time, especially when we don't even have family time anymore. Right. You know, we kids have a thousand things. Parents have a thousand things. But, you know. Everybody tells us what the good bedtimes are and it's, you know, it's, there's no time. Mm -hmm. So we need to take that time. And you know what else? If parents are saying that their kids don't have enough homework, that they're not reinforcing the skills, then teach them in real life. Take them outside, take them out to play, take them to the grocery store with you, make them do the math, you know, do that kind of stuff. Give them real world experience for homework because I'll tell you what, that's going to teach them long term a heck of a lot better than being able to do 100 math facts in a minute. Right. That's all I'm going to say about that. I wish when they made these lesson plans that they would, that they could, you know how they make the kids, oh, we got to go to break. <laughs> yeah, we got to go to break. I didn't know where you were going, Kelly. Dad, when, we, when we come back. Somewhere good. We're going to do a five-minute workout in our pajamas when we come Yay. back. Gene Vreeland's going to be with us. Hold on. Pay the bills in this freaking studio, which is why Tara's taking a cocktail break, and we're taking care of business with the work of these sponsors. Homeschooling? Have questions? Get your pen and paper ready. It's the sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Fridays at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. After a handsome blue-eyed Texan fell in love with Vivian at the Victoria Station in London, she found herself at DFW Airport with a tiny suitcase and a snazzy little duffel bag. Well, 25 years later, she is now happily married to that blue-eyed cowboy. They have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who became willing guinea pigs when she unwittingly stumbled upon the world of homeschooling. Wildflower Academy flourished for 15 years. They survived and thrived, and you can too. Vivian will be covering a wide range of issues that face homeschoolers. What do you do with kids in the summer? How to set up your one-room schoolhouse? How obedience is paramount? And what to do with those snakes? Plus, you'll be sharing ideas and insights that she gleaned from other homeschoolers. So join us for an engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler. Vivian McNinney, Friday afternoons at 5, 4 central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge. 
Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, And yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I'm really, really, really excited about our first guest today. I got her book a little while ago, and I've been, uh, you know, because I don't stay in my pajamas typically all day long, but when I do, (laughs) I like to work out in them. So um, my first guest is Jean Vreeland, and she's a weight loss coach and a business development professional, but she's really excited and, and really proactive about taking care of your health, and, uh, and she's a personal trainer and all that sort of stuff. So she created this uh, five-minute pajama workout program, and I'm so happy to have her on to talk about it. Hey, Jean, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Tara? I am doing well. I'm doing well. I uh, I have my my quick reference cards that I Excellent. keep in my room, and so when I get out of bed in the morning, I you know it's it's really hard for me because I'm one of those people that when I eat before I work out, I don't feel so great. So yeah. I I find myself skipping the workout so that I can have breakfast instead. <laughs> <laughs> but this is awesome because it only takes me five minutes, so it doesn't even interrupt my schedule in the morning with my kids, which is really cool. Because that's that you know that's one of the things that we struggle with if we have kids to get out the door. You know, we get up in time to get them ready for their day, and then we have so little time to get ourselves ready for our own day. Well, you that's know? it, and that's one of the things about this that's really great is you can do it with your kids. And kids really love it. I have some friends that they have young children, they get them up, and they do it together. And it kind of sets the tone for a good start for the day for the family. But if that's not possible, depending on your schedule, you know, to give yourself that five minutes before you get started for your day really, really helps you to feel better when you're getting your day off, off to a good start. It's so true because one of my pet peeves is when people would say, you know, everybody has an hour in their day to take care of themselves. And I look at stuff like that and I go, no, no, I really don't. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And that's why I created this because of people like us, we're busy moms, we're working, we, you know, busy professionals, and you really don't have that hour. And, but you can give yourself five minutes and it really is a gift that you're taking care of yourself and giving yourself that time each day. And it's amazing the difference that it can make in your life. And 
with me, I started this because, again, you, nothing really is sustainable as far as going to the gym and taking an hour here or an hour there. I mean, you might do it for a few months, but for most of us, it's not sustainable long term. The thing about this program, it is sustainable for life. You memorize it, you get started, and it just becomes part of your life. So it, you lose the weight and you, you keep it off. That's what's been really wonderful, that it's something that you, I can just see myself doing forever, you know, because and you, yeah, it just becomes a part of your life. So is that why you created it? Like, why did you start this program? That's basically why I created it. I have always been um, health conscious, try to take care of my health, and I've taken all kinds of classes over the years. I've joined numerous gyms, and they work for a while. Diets, I mean, I've tried numerous diets. They work for a while, too. But the key is something that's sustainable. Most of these things were never sustainable. I've tried everything, Zumba, yoga, um, all kinds of classes at the gym, and I love them, and I encourage doing that. But when I see people, like, you know, you just, your work or whatever gets you to a place where you really don't have that time. So that's one of the reasons I said, I'm going to do something every day, and I created this routine, and then I tweaked it along the way as I was doing it, and it's like, wow, this really works. This is really sustainable. And yeah, and that is, that's kind of why I did it. And I feel like it can help a lot of people because that is one of the things that with most routines and classes, they're just not sustainable long-term. And see, that was one of my biggest struggles too. I mean, <laughs> I did, I've done all of that stuff, just like you, you know, I did yes. the P90X, I did the insanity, I did all of those things and they work for the period of time that they're designed to work for. Yes. And then once you're done with it, you look back on it and you go, that was so hard. I am never doing that again. <laughs> you look great, you know, but you're, but you're like exhausted just thinking about going through that whole process again. So I started exactly. doing 10 minute workouts. And what I found was it was enough to get me doing something to get me back into the habit of exercising so that I, it was just part of my daily routine. Which exactly. Those, right. So yes. that's what I love about it. If you and that's what you talk about in the book, too. Exactly. And that's the whole thing with this. It's all meant to be very easy. It feels good. It's a total body workout. Everything's based on a series of 10 to 20 reps. If you have more time, you can repeat them. Do 10 minutes or 15. If you have less time, there's days where I'll say, I don't even have five minutes, but I'll do less reps and I'll do three just to keep that that pattern going. And it's a pattern that gives you a full body workout that it's a flow. So you memorize it and then you do it every day. And you know, people say, well, don't you get bored? But you don't because it's so quick and it feels so good and makes you feel so good. And it's not just the exercises. There's a psychological part where you're doing visualizations and mantras and breathing exercises to oxygenate your body in addition to the moves and the weight bearing exercises. So it really is, you know, it just makes you feel great. And, and I think that that's the whole part of it is something that you can do a little bit of something every day. And then you have more energy to do other things. And I say, yes, I continue to bike ride and hike and do other things, but I don't go to the gym. I'm just not, I mean, I'm just not a gym person. I prefer to be outdoors or, or to do this, you know, to do this workout, but you know, not to say I don't take yoga once in a while or, or encourage people to do other things, of course, but this is a great foundation that is sustainable. And the book, as you were mentioning, also has a journal where you track your weight and track your diet. And that is a big part of, of kind of, and it has all kinds of, of simple 
tips and things that you can easily incorporate into your life so it doesn't become torturous and hard for you. Because as you're saying, those things are not sustainable. I mean, so many of these diets people get on and like Nutrisystem or, you know, Metafast. And yes, they'll lose 50 pounds, but unfortunately, most of them gain it back within a year. So it's kind of, you know, really making things, incorporating things into your lifestyle that are very easy to do. Yeah, it's somebody told me one time that if you're not if you're not changing your level of exercise consistent with your diet, then no plan is going to work for you. Yes, and it is I, a combination. Mm-hmm. And the the thing that I love about this is in the winter time. You know, I live in the Northeast, and it's ridiculous. I mean, there's there's more snow than we know what to do with, and for me, just the thought of having to change out of my pajamas in the morning keeps me in my bed all day. It's like really, really horrible. And so being able to get up and do something like this, that's going to raise my body temperature, raise my endorphin levels, you know, it gets me in the mood. It's going to, it makes me sweat. So now I have to take my pajamas off (laughs) so I can get in the shower. Right. It's all of those things that gets your day off to a positive start. And here's the other thing. If you can't do it until lunchtime, it's one of those workouts that is not going to, um, that you can do it in at five minutes over your lunch break and it's not going to disrupt your, you know, whatever your other schedule is. So that's one thing that I liked about it too. And it incorporates yoga and strength training. I've added weights to it. So, you know, that was really, really helpful for me because, because I have been doing those other programs, it seemed a little bit easy for me. And I almost thought to myself, this can't be doing anything. Well, you can make adjustments with the moves and you're doing, using your own body weight as leverage. So for instance, there's knee pushups for people that don't really, that aren't very strong, but then you can gradually move your knees back to a full push up and you can make adjustments. So you don't need to add weights. But you can certainly tweak it for things that you want to do. And there's things that you can tweak the moves to make it a little bit more challenging. So that's one of the things. But using your own body weight as leverage usually will tone your muscles and keep you toned. But that's what I say to people. I mean, this is a good flow and pattern that you can follow. And then you can make adjustments to add a little bit more challenge as you get stronger. Because you will get stronger. You start feeling better. And that's why, you know, the the thing to have a basic routine that you don't have to think about it too much. You just get up and do it. Like you get up and brush your teeth, you do this program or, you know, and like you're saying, you can do it at lunch, you can do it in the evening, you can do it with your kids. Um, My friend that's doing it with her daughter, she, her little girl, she's four, she gets her up and she just says, mom, let's do the workout. She just loves it. And kids memorize it really fast too. So it's really, and the older kids. They like, it's kind of nice that you can do it with them and and just let them know, Hey, this is something important to me to, um, you know, I'm trying to stay in shape. Can you help me by doing it with me? And then that kind of motivates the older kids to do it with you. And then you, you know, you can really start off your day, get them up five minutes earlier and start off your day really in a positive frame of mind and have a few laughs and it's fun. And, and it's really being a good role model for your kids too. just showing you're, you're taking that little extra time to take care of yourself because what's what's more important than taking care of your health? You know, that's the greatest gift you can give your kids and your family. I think that's so awesome. And, you know, one of the other things that you said that really resonated with me is it's time that you can spend with your kids. Yes. 
a lot of times we find that when we put ourselves in the position of like questioning our kids or interrogating our kids, they don't talk to us as much. But when we're doing things that don't force eye contact, kids will open up and talk to us. So what a perfect opportunity to be able to, first of all, go to your kid and say, this is something that I really want to do, but I need some motivation. Would you be my, you know, would you be my workout buddy? Or would you help hold me accountable to this goal that I have for myself? So you're empowering your kids. You're showing them how to set a goal. You're showing them how to follow through on a commitment that they've made to themselves. And you're giving yourselves an opportunity to open up and talk to each other free flow, you know, without interrogation or, you know what I mean? Oh, exactly. So, and for them, and it's five minutes, so it's not going to kill them to do five minutes. I mean, they're not going to be, it's, and, and for them, it's play. I mean, it's really fun and you, you mm-hmm. can certainly, so yes, I think it really is, it's just, and it makes, it can change your whole attitude. Like, oh, the kid's maybe having a bad day or you are, and you do this little workout together and it just changes your whole attitude. You just start having fun. So well, the thing that I love is that you include also the full body breath mantras Yes, with the thing. And those are so awesome because when in a time where we're trying to get our kids to um, be empowered and to not look so negatively on themselves, it's fun to follow these mantras that you've created where it's like breathe in positive energy, breathe out negative energy kind of stuff, you know, breathe in faith, breathe out doubt. I love those. I also love the idea of creating your own mantras for yourselves, make a game out of it, and even make it funny. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's right. There's a whole, there's, the book is also a journal, and it has the mantras, and there's a whole page there to write your own mantras. And I think that's a great exercise to do with your kids. And, and it really does have a psychological impact on the day when you physically breathe in the positive energy and breathe out negative energy. And that's something you can do throughout the day. And it's great for kids to learn this when they're getting stressed out or when they, you know, they're at school or something's bothering them. It's, you know, it's kind of a a good training for them to be able to have that self-discipline. And and this is a a wonderful thing for them. They can start very young and continue with you throughout their life. And and I think it's just being, um, it's just a wonderful exercise and thing that the family can do together. I love that it gets them off the screens too, even if it's only for five minutes. Mm -hmm. But you know, here's the thing. I've done this and you can take as long as you want to take to do this. We say that it's a five minute workout, but you don't have to tell your kids that, you know, (laughs) you can can make it a, you can make it a 15 minute workout and then you can like do stretching before and after and, you know, stretch it out to a half an hour. If you can spend 20 minutes in face-to-face contact with your kids or do this with your spouse. I mean, that's something that studies have proven that spouses and partners who work out together stay together longer and have a stronger bond. So maybe it's because you're raising endorphin levels at the same time and you're, you know, and it is, let's face it, it is kind of hot. But anyway, you know, maybe if you, instead of doing the veggie tray thing where you could do like the martini thing or the wine glass thing, <laughs> you know, that, Absolutely. that's, <laughs> you know, that's a little bit more my speed, but, um, <laughs> but you can, you can extend it. You can make it as long or as short as you want. And that's the thing that I really like about it is if you're having a good time with it, go through and do a couple more reps or extend it and do some more yoga stretches or that kind of thing. But I love that you can make a difference. You can absolutely make a difference. And it's not this overnight, you know, 
binge and purge kind of lose 15 pounds in two days thing. It's, it's steady progress. And I love that it's about setting goals and you can show your other, you can show your kids and you can challenge yourself to set a goal and see how you can make a difference by changing inspired action for five minutes a day. Absolutely. You know, I love that. So anyway, Jean, tell us how we can get a hold of you. Yes, well, you can go to my website, which is teampjw.com. And that's, again, team, as in T-E-A-M-P-J-W, pajama workout. And that's where you will find more information, and you can get a hold of me there. Are you on Facebook? Yes, it's also on Facebook, Team PJW. So either way, um, yeah, I'd love to um, hear from people and, you know, give them more information. It would be great. Do you do stuff on your website? Like, do you give people information on your website? Um, yes, I do. I have a blog, and I will be adding more things. That right now, if they come to my website, they can get a free mantra card, which lists all the mantras. So I'm, I'm adding things all the time. But the, I wanted to encourage them. that The program is a complete program. It comes with a book and a video. And it's really, and it's also a journal and a guidebook. So I think I really encourage people to use the journal section and to read through all the things that you can easily incorporate into your life. So, and encourage people to join Team PJW and go to the website. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jean. I really appreciate it. And I absolutely love the workout. And I hope everybody goes to check it out. And it really kind of flows nicely into our next guest who's going to be with us when we come back from this break. Her name is Janet Allison, and she is the founder of Boys Alive. So we're going to be talking with her when we come back from this break. Well, thank you. Or pop-up window. Or close your iTunes player. Uh, Oh, f*** it. Parrot Nation, Tara Kennedy-Klein needs a pee break. And then we'll be right back with more Parenting with a Twist. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With Baby and Toddler Instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. As a member of the baby boomer generation, you want insights and ideas that factor into planning for, making choices about, and activating your new or mothballed dreams. As a boomer, you can learn how to act on your visions by tuning into the Awakening to Awareness show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you are inspired to follow your own path, step into new directions and are excited about what you as a recent or soon-to-be retiree can do with your life this is your show listen to the show that focuses on self-belief and possibilities for emerging seniors who look forward to life's third act with dread or amazing promise 
host Eric Tonigson and his guests share entertaining ideas and explore strategies to reignite your passions and shift your intentions into action. In his naturally curious and motivating ways, Eric explores personal values, shares wisdom, and encourages you to unlock and live your potential and purpose. Join Eric and his Awakening to Awareness show on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Toginet Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Parent Nation with Tara Kennedy Klein, the Internet's top talk radio show featuring real talk for real parents. Clean my house? <laughs> it's time to clean their house. You know what it means if my house is clean? I have big closets and a broken computer. Shaken and stirred up with a twist from America's family advocate, Tara Kennedy Klein. And now, back to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. So I, um, I'm on a little bit of a, a boy kick. <laughs> well. I guess you could say, you think, Kelly? Well, you know, here's the thing. You might have read that little article thing that I wrote about being a mom of two boys and not being able to support feminism, and I got completely bashed for it only because the title was changed to something that I would not have written myself and the article, because as a result, was completely misread and misunderstood. What I was basically saying was I don't think that we're giving boys enough credit for masculinity anymore because we're on such a kick to make females the dominant power of the universe. First, I, I don't understand why we are meant to be together and work together and emphasize each other's strengths and weaknesses, so I don't understand why we can't continue to do that. So... Mm-hmm. I've, so you, I've kind you mean of that, you mean that little article that that circulated through the internet over a million times. <laughs> that That's one. Yeah, the one that made me afraid to send my children to school for about a week and a half. Yeah, that one. And it was and then I was in the midst of wrestling with my oldest son and got to go to wrestling competitions on a very large scale Mm -hmm. and realize that this whole body image thing isn't just about girls. Oh, yeah. You know, and then I got bashed for saying that. How dare I imply that boys deal with anything even remotely close to what girls deal with with body images? So. I started seeking out people who were kind of on the same path as me that wanted to um, inspire boys to actually be allowed to be boys and and celebrate them for that without doing without degrading girls in any way. (laughs) Imagine that. Mm -hmm. So um, so I found Janet Allison, who I absolutely love, and she is the founder of Boys Alive. And she is also the author of Understanding Your Son 101 for parents trying to understand their son and other men in their lives in a really deep way, which is what I love. So I'm so excited that she was able to come on the show today. So hello, Janet. How are you? Hello, Tara. I am so good. So happy to be here and we love our boys we love our men and we just need to understand them more and understand them from a male perspective not through our female eyes are we allowed to do that we better do that we've got to do that our boys are you know they're struggling they're struggling in school because we've created this uh 
atmosphere that is very feminized and um oh could i say that word you can um, absolutely <laughs> say that word on my show <laughs> you know we have i mean when we look at little boys in school and i i've been in a lot of schools and i watch these boys i was and i was a teacher and i taught these boys and we have this um well 93 percent of elementary school teachers are female so of course there you know we may have the lucky te- lucky female teacher who gets boys intuitively but otherwise many many female teachers are going I don't know what to do with this active boy that doesn't want to sit in his seat and you know wants to tell fart jokes and what do I do what do I do <laughs> Exactly it's so true and you know we're dealing with we're dealing with another dynamic today that we didn't have to deal with 10 years ago, which is now one in 42 boys is being diagnosed on the autism spectrum. And we can look at it and say autism is a spectrum. It covers both genders. But the fact is boys are five times more likely to be diagnosed than girls are. So now we're dealing with not only superior energy... And, 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 you know, in some cases, grossness, but now we're also dealing with an accelerated number of boys who are on the autism spectrum who bring in a whole slew of new issues that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot of people would say, well, you know, you must be a boy mom. But you're not. You're a girl mom. You're the I mom am a girl girls. mom. That's always like my true confession before I speak anywhere is I raised two daughters and they're they're grown and 29 and 26 and rocking their own lives. But um, I taught, I mean, my first first grade was 10 boys and two girls. And that was back in the mid 90s. And what I realized is that no one told me how it was going to be in the classroom and how different these boys were going to be. And it took me a long time. I mean, we're talking years and years before I realized that I had a lot of fear that year. I was afraid because it was, I didn't know what was going to happen. Every day was different. And these boys would do something different every day. And so that's when I got really curious and found people like Michael Gurian and um, getting really curious about the male brain and what's going on in the male brain and the female brain and how do they connect or not connect. And it became, I mean, it's, it's so profound for every relationship. I've had moms in tears telling me, oh, my God, you mean my husband isn't trying to make me hate him? Or <laughs> you've saved my marriage just by understanding how differently we communicate. And part of it is our brain structure. There's over 100 differences between male and female brains. And, you know, that's when we can understand the few that really impact our lives, then we can begin to recognize males for being male and not trying to make males be female to fit into the contexts that we've created, like school, like sit still, listen and learn, which is completely not how males are designed. It's so, and I think that, you know, and, and why are we having all this autism? But part of it is, you know, these structures that we've created and, um, you know, 
high numbers of autistic kids are males, high numbers of ADHD, ADD diagnoses are, it's about 80% boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and again, it's like, it's context. You know, if you had that boy in a, in a farm in Kansas working, it'd be like, yeah, rock this. You're awesome. We need your energy. But you put that boy in a classroom and expect him to sit still. That's where the trouble comes. And it's often a female teacher. Right. And so true. It's, it is. It's in, it, and it's one of those things where we give them, we act like sensory breaks are this amazing thing that we have to do for the special needs kids in the class. And, you know, actually, we would be better off if classrooms were divided by boys and girls. And I yes. know that sounds like a really sexist thing to say to people who will find that sexist. Let's make that very clear. The fact of the matter is that their energy levels and the way their attention spans and the way they receive and interpret information is is more physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's um, the Gurian Institute of which I'm a part is um, has been a proponent of single gender schools and single gender classes for, you know, a decade or more. And then. Um, and, and it gets a little politicized, but the, the thing is that as long as there's a choice and you're not forcing people to have to go to an all boy school or an all girl school, many of those kids will tell you they love it because they're being taught in the way that speaks to them. Oh. And voice schools, I mean, I was in a voice school recently in Florida and those boys love their school, they love their teachers, and they get to be boys. <laughs> you know? And they isn't that the boys. key? Yeah. And here's the thing. Girls get to be girls, too. You Absolutely. Know, you, you no longer have the problem of, oh, my gosh, that boy is snapping my bra. Or because mm-hmm. girls very rarely will do that to one another. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> you, don't have the, you don't have the whole argument of, I can't wear what I want to wear because boys are going to look at my cleavage or boys, boys are going to – because, you know, it's, it doesn't – it's not going to be a problem. Right. And so now you take all of those ancillary sexist things that we've created for our kids and you remove them and you just allow them to learn yeah. in the environment that they're supposed to learn in. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. So what do you think is the biggest thing that we get wrong with boys? Oh, wow. The biggest thing we get wrong with boys is, again, this ex- expectation of, um, I really, I just have to say, I think that we expect them to be more female, have the qualities of being able to talk about their feelings easily, being able to, you know, sit still, having eye contact, having that, having that kind of, um, relational connection, and when when parents and teachers understand when I when I can share with them, you know, boys really actually don't prefer eye contact and they really don't prefer it when they've just had an emotional meltdown or they've just gotten in trouble. I had one mom say, oh, my gosh, I, I you know, if my son won't look because we always say, you know, look me in the eye. So we know they're listening. Right. And this one mom was like, oh my gosh, I turned my child's head. I turned my son's chin so he has to look at me. But then he rolls his eyes. 
And it's like, do you really think he's hearing what you're saying at this point? Probably not. So be in side-by-side relationship. Be side-by-side. Boys want to be doing something. So do something together, even if it's just tossing a ball or playing with Legos or doing the dishes. And that's when the conversation is going to happen. That's when we can communicate in their style not in our preferred female style, which is eye-to-eye, and we don't need that mediating object. We don't need to be doing something. We can just sit and talk, and we love it. But guys need to have be doing something, take the pressure off of eye contact. And, you know, many moms will say, oh, my gosh, my husband, we have the best conversations in the car. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or, or laying next to each other with the lights off. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's because you're, you know, and not I'm not trying to take, you know, any kind of um, same sex relationships out of this. If you are a woman and a man relationship, the best way to talk to each other is when you're not staring at each other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's it's so funny, too, because one of uh, one of my um, mentors, teachers, when we were talking about special needs, kids said, when you take a kid with special needs and pretty much any boy from what you're saying, and you grab their chin and you make them look at you, now they're focusing on your lips moving or the spit in your mouth or how your one eyeball is bigger than the other eyeball. <laughs> and and now, like you said, they're absolutely not hearing what you're saying. So, you know, do what Jeannie Vreeland does it from the first segment. Do a, do a workout together. Exercise yeah. together. There you go. Yeah. You know, go play for a, a bike board ride. game together. Yeah. My kid is paying more attention to me when he has his face in a video game he can hear me from three rooms away while he's playing a video game but if I tell him to stop and look me in the face he won't hear a word I say no no (laughs) absolutely not absolutely not and the other piece of that is so so they're in their primal brain they're in that fight flight or freeze place and and nothing's getting in and the other part of it is to embrace silence And be okay to be with your boy and let it be quiet. You don't always have to fill the the silence with your words because he, male brains typically have less places to process verbal language. So when we talk a lot as females, and there's males that are very verbal too, and, uh, but when we talk a lot, the male brain can't process, you know, I, I mean, I was accused the other day of asking five questions in a row without stopping. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I got a lot to say here. And the male brain cannot process. So we overwhelm them with so much, so much verbal. And you think about school again, it's so much verbal and not, and boys are more, uh, their learning modality typical is more visual than verbal. So we overwhelm our kids with, with all the talking. So I tell parents, you know, resist when they get in the car after school, resist asking them how their day was in that moment. Let there be quiet. Let him process. Let him just be quiet. Mm. It's one of the best things I ever did was, and it's actually the first chapter in my book is learning how to talk to my boys and it's it was the whole process of being silent for 30 seconds and letting them talk mm-hmm. until they're empty. 
It was amazing. Yeah. It made a complete yeah. difference in our whole family dynamic because mm -hmm. obviously I'm a little bit of a talker. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we only have like a minute left. Um, and there's so much more that I want to talk to you about because this is like, this is so in my wheelhouse and, and what yeah. I'm passionate about. I really do. Would you agree though, that we need to allow boys to be masculine again? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's understanding what is masculine. So we if boys want to lift things because it makes them feel strong and powerful, that's not overburdening them. That's boys, allowing them to do what they want to do. Yeah. And the thing is, boys want to be of service. So if you are a mom that's doing it all and bringing in the groceries and fixing the meals and doing the laundry, stop it now and let your boy do it. He wants to, and he needs to be able to do that. Oh my gosh. My son, my 16 year old is never happier than when he's building a tree house with his dad, which they've been doing for like six years, but that's nice. beside the point. <laughs> no, it's, but that's their relationship. That's their bonding. Right. Oh yeah. my gosh. So we have to tell people where to get a hold of you, Janet. Yes. Boysalive.com. B-O-Y-S-A-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you so much, Janet. This was wonderful. This I love talking awesome. with you. Yeah. Take <laughs> until, care. Thank you. And until next week, everybody, keep playing. More real talk for real parents. Seriously, Parent Nation, not every decision in parenting has to contain a hidden message or a life lesson. Sometimes it just has to pass mom's little barometer of, is this going to shut them up? Connect with Tara online at TaraKennedyKline.com. Until next time, remember this. Parent Nation, why do we keep calling this the hardest job on the planet? Why don't we just appreciate the gift that we're given and try calling